All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the God's Most Beautiful podcast, and we are God's Most Beautiful, or uh, like that. Yes. I hate to start this episode off with a with a bold faced lie like that, but yeah. But let's let's tell the story quickly about where this comes about. So we are in um, San Diego, and we have the entire GMB staff there, and Stacy, our lovely, lovely person who sets everything up for us rented this big ass long white van so everybody could ride in it. And she had a magnet logo created so she could put that on the van. And um, so we were driving around this big white van with this blue GMB logo on there. We pull up to this restaurant and like a gazillion people get out of the van and someone comes up to Stacy and says, Oh, are you guys a church group? And she says, yeah, we're God's most beautiful. So that's kind of where that came about, and I thought that was pretty freaking good, a, a good one. So we're just going to stick with that. So we're no longer good improvisation. Stacy's good at that stuff. She's good. Um, so we're no longer we're no longer uh, whatever we were before. I don't even remember. It was just so long ago. We're now God's most beautiful. I will say that if you are coming out of a restaurant and you see a plain white van with a magnet sticker on the side, like don't just go walk up to people and ask. Yeah, them. that's a little dangerous. Yeah. Especially with us. I mean, look at us. Why would you? Right. Why would you do that? That's that's, that's kind of what I meant. That's yeah. dangerous. So yeah. What so, are we talking about today? Besides, you know, creation and you know the world. So today we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk about um, something I think is really important. It's subjectivity, uh, which sounds like not something that you would normally have on a vaguely fitness-related podcast. But bear with me. Uh, because subjectivity is really important. I think that, uh, well, when we hear from our clients that have used our programs, one of the things that they say is that uh, working with GMB and like doing elements or doing some of our programs, uh, and this is not my words, this is what many, people, many, many people tell us, is that it changed the way they look at exercise. Yeah. Changed their experience of exercise. Gave them an appreciation and enjoyment of the details of movement it gave them fun and a feeling that something is effective in their actual lives, not that they're just sweating for no reason. And these are all subjective markers. And I think a lot of times in fitness and in physical uh, activities, we tend to focus over focus on objective measures. How much do you bench? How fast can you run? Uh, how high can you jump? And these are all good things. You know, how much do you weigh? It's nice to know these things. Uh, it is good to be able to measure and track progress and things like that. But I think most of us, the real reasons that we train really do come down to subjective measures. How do we feel about ourselves? Yeah. How do we feel quality we of life? Yeah. yeah. What's our quality of life? So we're going to talk a little bit about subjectivity, but I'm not just going to try to talk for 40 minutes here about why it's okay to just get in touch with your feelings. And it's not, this isn't a wishy-washy thing because, you know, these are real results people get. But at the same time, we want to tell you how you can use subjective measurements to also track your progress. Objective measures of weight, time, duration, reps are useful for some things, but they're not the only way that you can track your progress and continue to make progress. So we're going to talk a little bit about this thing broadly, and then we're going to discuss how we specifically track subjectively in GMB programs and in our own training, how we make improvements and how we know we're getting better. And I think that, you know, if you've seen any of our videos or, you know, looked at our stuff and uh, 
you know, looked at the people that are using our stuff online that tag us and things, you can see that people are improving. You can see that Ryan is pretty okay at stuff. You can okay. see that our trainers are pretty okay at stuff. So clearly, uh, some of it works a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, just a bit. Right? Um, yeah, so first, um, yeah, let's just talk about Let's talk broadly about this because I think it's important to understand that numbers are very useful, but they are not everything, right? So Ryan, how many push-ups can you do? All of them. Right. Um, I can do all of them. Yeah. And um, yeah, push-ups. Yeah. Just to get right into it, this, um, this is something that we get a lot. It relates back to that big question. How much can you bench? Uh, okay. When a person says, hey, man, do you work out? I'm like, yeah. Or I'm like, better yet, let's just say, like, whenever I'm on an airplane or something, somebody asks me what I do, and I say, well, fitness-related. I try not to mention that. But when, when that comes up, they say, oh, yeah, so you work out. I'm like, yeah, and they're like, how much can you bench? No idea. Um, but it also comes back to the push-ups. How many push-ups can you do? And so there's different ways of looking at this. And I think that if we're simply looking at numbers, and if I were to tell you, that um, let's say I can only do 10 push-ups, all right, then that is kind of limiting us in our scope of what we're looking at when we're trying to talk about push-ups. So many people will say, yeah, I'm working towards being able to do 100 push-ups. Great. Okay. How well can you do those push-ups? And I think that's the main thing that we're after here is, is the quality of what we're doing, not just the numbers. And I'm not saying that doing 100 push-ups is bad, but let's try and do 100 quality push-ups. Because if you're doing, let's say, just 20 solid push-ups, but the remainder 80 push-ups are crap, then great. You're doing 80 crappy push-ups, and that means that you're creating a bad habit. Um, you're, you're, you're training bad form. And that's not good. So rather than doing that, let's look at the quality of what you're doing. So increasing those numbers, but first focusing on a single repetition of that particular uh, movement done at a high quality in order to increase, um, you know, not just the strength, but the quality of the entire workout, not just one thing. Right. So uh, there's a great book. Uh, well, I say great. It's actually really hard to read uh, called Thinking Fast and Slow. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, uh, Daniel Kahneman, and I mean, he won Nobel Prize for some of his work related to what's in this book. But the gist of it is that humans have two kind of thinking systems. We have t uh, system one and system two. And the way it is, is these are basically like the sort of emotional feeling processing that's based on like our autonomic nervous system, things that happen in like less than half a second, mm. impressions that we get. Uh, and then there's our thinking logical system, which is what we think of as thinking. This is our slow thinking when we're using logic, when we're deliberating, when we're considering, when we're trying to figure out the right thing. But what happens a lot of times is that we are fast thinking, our less than half a second thinking is already made up our minds. You see something and you either like it or you don't. And then your brain makes up a logical story about why you like it or don't. Yeah. And we trick ourselves into thinking that we are using logic to make decisions. But what's usually happening is we're just justifying the impression that we've already gotten. So with that, and I'm not saying that this is absolutely the way the mind and the world work, but this is a the really, majority. 
good model of current best understanding of cognition. Um, so with that said, if you're listening to this, you probably have seen videos of Ryan on the internet. And you probably thought that he was doing something pretty cool or you would have just, you know, closed the video and moved on with your life, right? So, all right. Now let's say we have hypothetical, we have Ryan, and then we have another guy that looks a little bit like Ryan, maybe takes his shirt off more and shaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, shaves and is ripped. Absolutely ripped. Paleo, of course, yes. because you have to be paleo. But let's let's take so let's take Ryan as you know, GMB Ryan versus Paleo Ryan. Now, what if we told you that Ryan can do a hundred push-ups? Would that impress you more or less than what you already know about him? And then what if we told you that Paleo Ryan could do 105? Mm. Would it make any fucking difference? And I'm pretty confident that the answer is no. It doesn't matter. The reason that people come to Ryan for training is not because of the number of push-ups he can do. It's because they see the way he moves. They see that he's strong. You can tell Ryan's strong. He's doing handstand freaking push-ups and he's doing all these things. He can do planches and pull-ups and levers and all this stuff. You know he's strong. So does it matter if he can do 65 versus 75 push-ups? It's completely irrelevant at that point. And I think that this is what's really important, that there's a subjective thing that we all get subconsciously before we start thinking about the numbers. Mm-hmm. And the numbers, even though we know logically that they're important, we, we've been told you have to be able to measure things to know that they're true, yeah. right? But that's just not the way the world works. That's not the way the brain works. And it's also just not fact. I can tell that Ryan is good at many physical things without counting his push-ups. <laughs> and so that, I think, is the most important thing. Um, so, yeah, we talked about 100 push-ups. And like you said, Ryan, if, if like 80 of those are crap, you're really just getting really good at crappy pushups. Exactly. And, and so, yeah, I was kind of waiting for you to come back to this, but the thing is, is it's, it's, it's always about that quality. And so even if you are going for a hundred pushups, I think that's great. I mean, it impresses me more if you can do those 100 pushups, like with really good form. And whatever that form means, okay? So that was another topic that we've covered before, what form means. But, but instead of just cranking things out, what does it mean? But more importantly, what is the purpose? Why are you doing this? I think this is also another thing too. Because, you know, just yesterday, I received a message on Instagram, and it, and it was simply, um, will, will your programs help me build muscle? And uh, I could have said, uh, yes, if you, if you focus on it this way, yeah, great. But I didn't. I said, listen, I said, our goal isn't really to build muscle. I said, it's to focus on helping you move better. I said, if you, you know, just want to focus on building muscle, then you're better off using just weights if you want to build as much muscle as possible. But what I'm getting at here is the thing is it can be very easy to simply look at something and assume because we're looking at it through the lens of the experience that we have. Uh, before. And so looking at those 100 push-ups, um, like Andy said, it would be very easy to judge simply based on looking at something instead of fully understanding what is the reason behind this and what are the protocols as well uh, for how this particular person is trained to get those 100 push-ups. So um, 
yeah, that's why this yeah. can be very difficult when we're looking at numbers. And, right. uh, and I want to say too press. that it's not just body weight stuff. You could take a bench press or a squat and the same logic applies. Yeah. You're doing five by five bench presses and right. maybe 200 pounds. Okay. Whatever. Right. Um, so you can do the same numbers and the same weight and you can have a good day and a bad day. You can have a day where all five of those sets, all five reps, you feel really strong and solid yeah. and great. Or you can have a day where your first set was pretty good, your second set was kind of slow, but your third set, you're having to do a little rest pause before you got yeah. your last rep. Yeah. And yeah. your last set, you're grinding out all five of them. Well, you, both of those are five by five at 200 pounds, right? Yeah. But we know subjectively that one of those is better. One of those is a better performance. So a lot of times we get these things, well, you know, that's why one reason that weights are better because you can have an objective measure. Well, no, you can't. It's not an objective fucking measure because nowhere in any of these apps, nowhere in any of these workout logs, nowhere in most of this stuff, is there a place where you say, I did this much, but the last half of it was not good. Yeah. <laughs> now, I will say I know some really, really talented athletes and some people that have been lifting for a long time and a couple of bodybuilders, and they do go into this level of details of things, but that's where you're talking about athletes versus right. recreational right. lifters right. for fitness. And I've never met a recreational fitness oriented lifter who went into that much detail on their reps. Yeah. Usually, like, yeah, I got five by five and nailed yeah. it, ready right. to crank up the load or. Whatever, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but the form, I mean, that's the other thing too. The form is going to decrease as you, you know, increase the load, uh, as you increase uh, whatever it is you're doing. But the thing of it is, is still trying to focus on having that quality form uh, whenever you're doing it. Again, I mean, our big thing too, it's, it's how was this improving you? How was this helping you is really what I was coming back down to. And so you know, that's why I like to say instead of doing, you know, 10 of something, just focus on that single repetition. Do one, make, just do it as well as you can and then try another one. And so that's why I only focus on singles. And a lot of people misinterpret that thinking I only literally just do one repetition of something and I'm done. But I said, no, I'm trying to focus on that single repetition. Then I'll do another one. How many repetitions will I do? I don't know. It's always going to be different. And this is another reason why we like time sets for certain things because then you can focus on each individual repetition on a particular move. But again, if you are looking at, uh, you know, the weighted world and the barbells and things, which I do do, I, I love to do deadlifts. I'm back into doing those. But the thing is that's going to change based on uh, how I am feeling that day, how my form is and whatnot. So uh, not just, be, just because something's written on a piece of paper doesn't mean that I'm going to go into that session and follow it 100% thinking that I'm going to have or crush my session because on the piece of paper, it tells me that I need to do six repetitions of double body weight deadlift, which I don't fucking do anyway. But <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and, and just to clarify, like you said about singles, uh, you know, if you haven't heard this before, like Ryan always likes to say, you know, how many repetitions is he does one, how many pull-ups, one pull-up, one. do as beautifully one. as I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you do, yeah, another. do another, yeah, do another one. And that's it. I mean, literally that's it. And so again, it's like, if we're looking at, okay, if you have 10 of them, okay, great. If it's written on a piece of paper, it says do 10, but really I just, I'm like, okay, show me one. 
Show me as beautifully as you can. Okay, great. How's your form? Yeah, I'm feeling really, really good. Great. As you work up there, if you happen to hit rep eight and you're like, your form is still really good and you're feeling good, good, do another one. Okay. If you hit nine and you're like, oh man, my form is really crappy right now. Cool. You're done. Does that mean that you failed because you didn't get 10? No. Celebrate the fact that you did nine pretty fucking awesome pull-ups or chin-ups and um, you're good to go. Right. It's also kind of funny too, because when I go to the gym and I work out and like, if I have like 10 written down and let's say I feel really good on the last set, I'll just keep going. Yeah, exactly. But I still oh, write there, down That's 10. a great point. So what you, I still write down 10 now. <laughs> no, no. And that's good. But so that's a great point because the thing is like, just because on a piece of paper, it says only do 10 and you should stop. If you're feeling really, really good, right. Either do an extra rep or maybe possibly do another set. Yeah, you know? and and maybe on that next set you're not gonna get those full team. You might only get three, four, five reps. But the thing is, is that's what I think is great. If you're feeling great, do more. If you're feeling right. shitty, back off. So. This is something that like I don't fully agree with this, but uh, it's also it's true in in certain ways too. Is uh, Muhammad Ali said that uh, I it was talking. I only start counting sit ups. Like, that one? Yeah. When, he, when he starts to feel his, uh, the burn, right? Yes, right, yeah. Or yeah. Don't, don't start counting until it hurts or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was when he was talking about sit-ups and he was talking, yeah, I only start counting my sit-ups when you know I start burning or something like that. I, I remember that quote too. Yeah. I, mean, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of get that, but um, yeah, yesterday, just, just to bring this about as well, uh, this could be a great example because <laughs> this is actually like practical and this is what we're talking about. So in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yesterday, we were drilling. And we started off with 20. And so we were to do 20 repetitions. And so it was just basically, it was 20 each side. So whatever we were doing, 20 each side. Thing is, is I'm very lucky because my instructor knows GMB and he's worked with me and GMB and everything like that. So he has that mindset now too. And he says that as well. He was like, okay, that didn't count, but you're done. And, and in the sense like, oh, that didn't count. You need to do it again. It was basically, okay. Your, your form is shit right now. You need to stop, take a break, and then come back to it. Yeah. And so, and so in that case, because we were doing multiple uh, rounds of this, multiple rounds of 20 each, so trying to get the numbers, but trying to get the numbers in a way that are going to allow you to do each with good form. So instead of maybe it was like three rounds of 20, ended up being like six rounds of however many it took to do it with good form. So another way to look at it there. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, the thing is, is, and this is what we keep coming back to uh, Ryan and Jarlo and I, when we talk about this stuff is that reps absolutely do matter. Your nervous mm -hmm. system yes. needs reps to yes. learn, to process uh, and to be able to control these things. That's how your body gets better at things is reps, but reps also means time. Reps also means, it means a lot of things, but reps, should absolutely be quality reps because yeah. that is something that's being sort of etched into your brain. And the more bad reps you do, mm. then, you know, maybe it's in the service of, you know, getting bigger or stronger or whatever. And sometimes that can work for a while, Yeah. but there's also a plateau effect. And we think that you probably make better progress over time. You can, to be a little wonky, you can maintain linear progression longer 
if yes. you focus on quality yeah. reps, yeah. Yeah. if you yes. do a lot of cheat reps. And there's a time and place for cheat reps, for sloppy reps, for force oh, yeah. reps, oh, yes. for all kinds of things. These are all proven techniques uh, that if you have a coach that's working with you can help you use these things effectively, wonderful. But in our programs, we're mostly aimed at people that do not have a well-trained yes. coach working with them. That's why they need our programs. Kind of makes sense. So we don't use these techniques in our programs. Instead, what do we do? We measure quality and ease. These are our two subjective ratings that we use to help people understand how they are improving through paying attention to and tracking their subjective experience of the exercises. Yes. So, and, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, first I just want to say that, uh, yeah, actually that's it. Why let's get into quality. Okay, cool, man. So quality, if we're looking at quality, um, we're looking at, at a couple things here, but um, especially the good form. But the good form doesn't necessarily mean we're trying to like do something perfectly. And so this is what can be difficult to understand in the beginning. Um, we want good enough. And good enough means that you're being able to perform that movement safely. You're being able to do it at a high enough quality that's giving you the results that you're after. If we're just striving for perfection, um, sorry, everybody, you're never going to hit it. You're just going to be like hitting your head against the wall and not going anywhere. So that's why good form means it's good enough, again, for you to be able to safely do it and repeat the process and be able to get in volume. And right. so and so, again, just yep. to yeah, go ahead. butt in for a second, just for to, to have more information on this, we did uh, an earlier episode of the show uh, a while back on good form that really yes. explains exactly what Ryan just said in a lot more detail. Mm -hmm. So that'll give you guys a little bit more uh, uh, listening material on that. And also a more recent episode on the details in movements and how we sort of That's right. approach those, which I think might also inform that a little bit. Uh, yeah. 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 So please, please continue. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah. And so this is, and this is another reason why, because we've already discussed this, that I'm not going in too much detail about that, but basically, um, the other thing to say about that is when you're performing something, um, a lot of times that perfection mindset can come about because you're looking at someone else doing it and thinking that you need to do it yeah. the way that they're doing it. And so that's, I think, where people can get really hung up. And right. so instead of focusing on trying to do it exactly how someone else does, bring this internally. And this is where we focus a lot on awareness. How is it feeling in your body? Mm -hmm. So that's important because uh, if someone were to look at me, I've been doing this for like ever, okay? And so... The thing is, is I feel it differently than someone else is going to feel it. So if I'm doing a push-up, I know what I should be feeling. But the thing is, is sometimes you might not know what you should be feeling. And so by just trying to mimic someone, then what happens is you lose that awareness of what you're, what's going on in your body. So you're um, like a lot of people talk about the shoulders or maybe the elbows, but you might be feeling it in the hips and there might be something going on in the hips. And if you're not trying to focus on being aware in your body, then you might lose that. So um, go back, uh, listen to those episodes about what we talk about form. But what we're going to do right now when we're talking about quality is we have our quality scale and our E scale. And when we're going through this, um, we're looking at certain things. So imagine that uh, and instead of using a number, we like to bring this back and use actual lingo so that you can get that better feel for what's going on. And this is where the awareness comes into. So imagine that you're working through something and you give yourself a number. You're always just going to be trying to hit that top number 
rather than really being aware. So what we do is we use, and I'm, I want to make sure that I get these in order because sometimes I screw these up, but we're looking at broken, rough, smooth, and snappy. So broken, obviously starting from the very bottom. So when you're working on a movement, does it feel broken to you? that it's not working, that you can't work with this particular movement because you don't have that control. You don't have that comfort with it, okay? Once you get better with that, it's still not great. It's still a little rough, but it's manageable. So that's kind of the next one. Then the next thing we're looking at is smoothing that out. So you go from that broken movement, then it becomes a little rough, but it starts after you polish it up a little bit, it's going to smooth out. You get smooth. Then once you have full control and feel very comfortable with that that's when it becomes very very snappy that's when you feel like you own that movement so rather again than looking at these particular numbers we're looking at this scale where we're using lingo that we can bring into our body and really focus on our feeling of that movement so broken rough smooth and then snappy anything you want to add to that yeah i think that you know it's really important uh you know we're not like you said, not just comparing to someone else. You're not just doing this through your eyes and saying, well, I give myself a seven out of 10 and being yeah. like Ryan, yeah. because that's yeah. really that's, hard to do. Yeah. That's silly. Yeah. How does it feel? And that's why we add, have these words that we attach to these things and it makes it a lot easier uh, to, to know, to, to decide which one of these is more appropriate description of what you felt. And I think the other thing is that this is always a moving target because you know, mm-hmm. one thing you could say, well, if it's, you know, with numbers, you always know if the number goes up, if it's just subjective, you know, when you, once you get to, you know, snappy, then you're done, right? Well, no, because it's a moving target. Right. What feels broken in the beginning, what feels, what even feels smooth, like you're doing in the beginning, as you practice it more, you're actually going to find that you are more aware of just how rough it is. Yes. Yep you're going to find that your standards increase with practice. And so it's a moving target. You're going to have exercises where you start, you know, maybe broken, maybe at rough, maybe you might even start with it pretty smooth. And then you practice it, get it better. It feels really snappy. It feels nice. But then you notice a little something in the detail of the cues that we give. You're like, oh, I actually wasn't doing this as well Mm -hmm. as I thought. I need to be able to now relax my neck as I do this bear walk and, you know, focus more on my shoulder movement rather than just, you know, smacking my hands into the ground or whatever. And then you do that. And what that does is that brings your feeling of quality down as you become aware of new details. Well, now it feels a little rougher now that I'm focusing on this different thing or I've changed it a little bit to make it more difficult. And so then you have to go through this again. So it actually looks like a sine wave when you plot this over time. Mm. Yeah. It'll go up, it'll go back down, it'll go up, it'll go back down, and that's fine. And, you know, lifting, you want that, that graph to always go up and to the right. Uh, and ours looks more like a sine wave and that's fine. A, a wave means that you are learning and constantly adjusting your perception of things to your progress. And that's good. Um, and just as another example of this, like, you know, when I was a kid and I started doing martial arts and I remember my first class and my sensei said do a hundred punches and I did, Oh God, I did the best hundred punches. Bruce Lee had nothing on me. I did the hundred most awesome punches that a seven-year-old can even just imagine. Okay. 
But you know what? Over time, my idea of a good punch has changed a few times. And I was 35 years ago, and I think my punch is better now, but I certainly don't think it's the best punch that was ever thrown. So quality is subjective. It's a moving target. It always was. It always will be. Just don't try to pretend that you've got some objective uh, you know, measure for these things. Yeah. Well, one more example, and that is the handstand. And so I talk about this a lot with people because yep. when they come into it, very beginning, the, the shit is broken. They're just like, they don't even know what to do. And they're like, I can't even do it. As they start working and they get more comfortable, they start working on smoothing it out and they find that they can actually hold that handstand. Now, the interesting thing then is we're always looking for the zero point in the handstand, basically the point at which you feel um, weightless and you're able to hold it. That zero point changes as your line improves. So as you get better with that handstand, and just like what you said, what happens is the awareness changes and you find that even though you can hold it, you're going back down where it's starting to feel rough because you're having to find mm-hmm. that zero point again. So I actually like the handstand for, for that reason is that it's always different. You're always looking for that zero point. It's never going to be perfect, which is a great thing to be honest to me. And then when you, within that uh, practice session as well, not every single handstand is going to be great. Maybe one out of 10 is going to maybe feel smooth. Is going to maybe feel snappy. The rest of them, eight, you know, eight of them might feel rough. One yep. is going to feel like broken as fuck. But the thing is, is looking at that that session as a whole, I think, is more important than looking at that individual movement and judging the rest of your practice based on a single thing that you did in terms of the handstand and skill work. And so that's also something to look at where you're looking at micro and macro. Absolutely. So that's quality. And so now let's talk about ease. Ease is our other main metric. And this is, I believe we are unique in the entire world of fitness to tell people that the goal is to make things easy. I I think that we probably get laughed out of any kind of like fitness community. Uh, Those guys are on crack. Yeah. You're supposed to make it harder, right? You're, oh, yo, give it everything. Oh, it should, it should leave you dead on the floor. Like, you're I, not bleeding. You're not trying. Right? Yeah. So why do we measure ease? Well, <laughs> one is that, you know, when you look at really great performers, when you look at a dancer who has maybe spent, you know, 100,000 hours practicing. Actually, it's probably like, let's say 50,000 hours practicing. <laughs> Look at a dancer who spent that kind of time training and look at their performance and how do they move effortlessly? Mm-hmm. Look at, so look at a pro football player on the field. And I've, I've heard, I've heard people describe a football performance as balletic before, right? Graceful, rhythmic, smooth, beautiful, balanced, poised, right? These are the words we use. We say that a great basketball shot is like poetry. Yeah. We don't say it looks like Jordan was about to fucking die. <laughs> no, we say Jordan's jump shot is poetry. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because he's practiced it so much that it becomes effortless. Yes. This is the goal. The goal is not to sweat until you die. The goal is to get good enough at things that they are effortless. Yeah. So when we first thought about doing this, we were trying to measure effort. Yes. Uh, because there's a thing called the Borg scale. Uh, which has been studied to death. And basically what they found is uh, they did a measurement called RP, 
uh, rating of perceived uh, exertion. Uh, exertion, sorry. Yeah. Um, or and, effort. Some people say effort, but yeah. Yeah. And with time and a little bit of practice, what happens is over a few sessions of uh, rating your perceived your perception of your exertion, this mm -hmm. ends up correlating to max heart rate during a session. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so there's actually good science behind this, but what we found is that um, people just think higher numbers are better. And so if we say rate your exertion, people are always going to say, oh, I gave it a 10 today. Good job, me. Well, maybe not, because we, we want you to get to the point where you can get the same amount of work done with less effort. So yes. we want to rate ease. We want to rate ease. Because sometimes intense work is required to get oh, yeah. to where yeah. you can do things easily, but the goal is still ease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to reiterate that fact, I mean, we're not saying don't work out hard, okay? Right. It's, yeah, and, and that's where some people can get confused. It's We do within each session have a section where we call it push. That is literally where you push yourself. And But the thing is, is we're not looking at, you know, pukey and trying to get out the bucket so that we're going to barf and everything. It's we're always working towards being more efficient mm -hmm. and improving the way that we're able to do skills. And so we, we want to always look at improvement. And if you're just crushing yourself every single session, honestly, you're not doing yourself any good by being able to help for your next session and improving those skills. So that that's what we're looking at when we're talking about um, and, uh, intensity. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, as you practice and as you get more reps and you get better and better, then what happens is you are able to do the same intensity and level of difficulty with more. Yeah. And so when you find that you are at a very easy level or an acceptable level of ease for you, then what we do is now we increase the intensity or we increase the complexity or difficulty of the movement, yeah. right? And now you keep practicing again until you can do it at that level yeah. with yeah. relative ease. And here again, we have a sine wave kind of thing as you go from very difficult, from max effort to, yeah, no problem, right? And then you crank up the difficulty a little higher and it takes more effort again, right? So Again, the sine wave pattern, instead of an up and to the right graph, is evidence that you are learning and adjusting over time. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to see in both ratings, in both quality and ease, a sine wave growth pattern. And they're usually not going to be in phase. Uh, right. Right. But we want to see this sort of nice little wave cresting and troughing over time. And that's fine because that means that you are learning and getting better. And you don't need any more than that. You don't need any more to know that you're making progress. If you do these things, you will make progress, even if you still can only do one push-up. Absolutely. And again, it's going to change depending on you know, where you're at in your life. Um, it's going to change depending on where you are in your current cycle. It's going to change from a day-to-day -day basis. So the thing is, is by using the scale now, we have a way to auto-regulate how we're doing our sessions and truly think about what we need that day, what we're actually capable of that day. You might have the ability to do this, but that particular day, do you, are you able to actually perform it at a level that's helping you or are you simply just working out? So that's the difference between practicing and having a session and working at skill building skills versus simply working out just to move your body and get your sweat on. 
Yep. Okay. So let's sort of wrap this thing up. We we started out, uh, you know, begging anyone listening not to turn off the episode because we're not getting <laughs> woo woo shit here. This is you know this is really important. But subjectivity is not woo. It is just a way of looking at things. And so we don't reject objectivity. We think numbers and reps are all fine and dandy and good and useful for what they're good for. But we also think that most people have, you know, at heart, really subjective goals for themselves. And also, most people do not know how to focus on the subjective experience of a workout. Most people do not live inside their bodies. Most people look at things, they think, and they measure, and they count and compare to other people. But that's not what GMB is about. We want you to learn to play your own game, and that means really learning to be aware of your own state and how things feel to you. I want to jump in quickly. When you are more aware of your particular state of what's going on each day, it's going to allow you to actually push yourself more Mm -hmm. that way if you're at a point where you can do that. And so the cool thing is like there are times where happens to us all we show up and we're getting ready for a session workout whatever you want to call it and you're like i'm not really feeling it today but the thing is is you get and you start to do your warm-up then things start to happen and you end up maybe having one of the best sessions you've ever had and the thing is is only by being aware of what's going on and doing that is you know can you properly push yourself what you're doing and again a lot of people to be honest there's two things we see it's either they push themselves too much or they're not pushing themselves hard enough. But the problem is, is when they try and push themselves more, they do it in a way that's actually uh, destructive instead of constructive in the way that they're doing their sessions. And so that's what we're doing is when we're trying to look at, um, instead of those numbers, look at that awareness and being able to move forward and make progress. Yep. And the thing is, is, you know, numbers are really easy to count because we've all been counting since we were young children. Uh, But the thing is, you can just as easily track and measure your subjective experience of things. It just takes a little bit of practice. Uh, So it's definitely something that you should experiment with, you should play with, even if you're doing a traditional weightlifting split or something right now, and you're doing X sets of X reps, maybe add another column in your notebook that's just for how you feel. Yeah. Right? It's a good idea. How easy was it? Or what was how, how much quality was it? And just see how that goes for a little bit. But start tracking these, start learning from it, and you will you will learn that you can get a lot more from your sessions when you understand your own experience of this stuff. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, Brian, you want to leave us with a uh, with a little tip with a boner, or excuse me, bonus. I just up. just a English, little tip, Brian. Just a little tip, just a tiny tip. Um, so let's take a look at the push-up, okay, because we were talking about that earlier. So go ahead and try this. So go ahead and crank out five repetitions of the push-up as quickly as you can, okay? So bam, 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 bam. Hi, I just did five. Great. Okay, now give yourself a break. I want you to come back. I want you to try one single push-up, focusing on form, the best quality of push-up that you've ever done before, but I only want you to do one repetition as slowly as you can. So you're slowly, 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 slowly lowering yourself. You pause at the bottom making sure that you're keeping your elbows in. Then you slowly, slowly, slowly return to the top. Now, what's the quality of that? Did it change throughout the push-up? The answer is yes. It's going to change. So the thing is, is if you're only 
cranking through these push-ups, you're not going to have the awareness of what's going on within them. So by slowing things down, then you can bring awareness, start to learn a little bit more about what we covered in this in this uh, talk that we had today, so that you can start taking that into your sessions. And so I'm not saying that you should do everything slowly all the time, but by slowing things down, it's going to bring awareness to where you need to be working and what's going on within your body when you're performing a particular movement, and you can use that and carry that over into your sessions and the other stuff that you're doing. So that's just something, a little tip that you can use uh, to help you to improve awareness as well as improve getting stronger, increasing in our uh, improving flexibility as well, and as well as motor control because those are all involved in everything that we're doing. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.